You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Eddie Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Have you ever had a asked a really tough question and just didn't get a very good answer, like a flippant answer? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what we're going to talk about today. Oh, good. And uh, <laughs> to do that... Um, the pastor who always loves it when we ask really tough questions, Pastor Trevor Sutton, uh, he uh, is he's a great writer, too, and has written uh, a number of columns in a number of places, including uh, most recent article, Tough Questions and Trivial Answers, Deserve More Than Trivial Answers, uh, in the Gospel Coalition. Joining us today, Pastor Trevor Sutton at St. Luke Lutheran Church, Lansing, Michigan. Pastor Sutton, thanks for being our guest on the Coffee Hour. Thanks for having me. So when tough questions come our way, especially good theological questions or really abstract theological questions, why are we often inclined to give trivial answers? I think part of it has to do with we, we love things to fit in neat, tidy little boxes. And so we like to sort of jam big, unruly, uh, difficult, complex theological answers. We like to jam them into little boxes uh, and try to tie them up in a, a tiny little bow and, and make them, you know, tweetable sort of things. And it's not always conducive uh, to giving a theological answer to, to try to uh, make it fit into one sentence, you know, a text message, uh, a brief interaction. That, that oftentimes, to give a good answer, uh, it has to take more than a few words. It has to take a conversation or maybe multiple conversations or an ongoing dialogue. And, and obviously that takes time, uh, that takes effort and awareness, and um, it, it takes sort of shifting gears in a way that we don't often deal with, you know, in our normal day. Uh, but I think it's important. Uh, it's, it's important to, to give good questions uh, a good answer. Absolutely. What are some of the best and maybe worst answers that you've gotten in response to tough questions that you've asked? Yeah, so the, the worst ones come more readily to mind than the best ones. They, they <laughs> stick out. Uh, I think the, the worst ones are the ones that, that are pretending to be biblical or ostensibly biblical, but they're not. Mm -hmm. uh, so the ones that, that, that have some sort of folk wisdom or opinion or, or conjecture even, but then you find out really it's not exactly founded on Scripture. And, you know, so a lot of times people will, will comfort others or console others by saying, you know, well, everything happens for a reason. And, um, you know, to find a, an exact verse that, that fits that is, is a little hard, and, uh, but it sounds like it's biblical. And, and, and so it's this dangerous thing where, where someone's supposedly giving you biblical theological advice, but instead a lot of times what they're giving you is, like I said, conjecture or folk wisdom or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, another one that comes to mind, it didn't happen to me, uh, but actually happened to my mother when she was quite young. Uh, her father passed away when she was about six years old, uh, and the pastor providing pastoral care to her and the family uh, was talking to her, and, and I'm sure well-meaning and, and didn't mean any harm, but, but he consoled her by saying, you know, your dad died because God needed your dad in heaven. And she, even at six years old, you know, responded saying, well, I need my dad here with me. Um, she wasn't really satisfied with that answer and, and had trouble with it. Uh, and that's then kind of a warning for me as a pastor, 
that to be cautious when when giving uh, counsel and advice, especially when there's a, a question involved. That that I have to make sure uh, I'm being thoughtful and uh, being biblical um, and speaking something that will will edify and, and not you know sting and uh, stick with someone for years and years to come. Yeah, like the 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 good Lord helps those who help themselves oh, and <laughs> the Lord never gives you more than you can handle. We have a lot of those things nope. yeah. that are supposedly helpful, but really, really not, not. <laughs> not biblical at all. Um, are there any really thoughtful answers or, or maybe it's a, a person that has shared thoughtful answers to your really tough questions? I think some of the, the best ones I've heard and the most thoughtful ones, uh, they're the ones that, that, that point me to Jesus uh, and they're also the ones that, that point me to the cross, especially. Uh, and I, I guess what I'm thinking about is uh, a question that I've had to deal with personally, a question that I've had to help people deal with. Uh, the theological term is theodicy, uh, but, but evil and suffering. And why does God uh, allow uh, evil and suffering uh, to persist in this world? And I've heard some really bad answers to that and, and kind of dismissive and sort of trite answers. But I think the best ones are the ones that, that point us to the incarnation and to the cross and um, to the suffering servant uh, who has, has lived and died and suffered for us and left the tomb empty for us. Uh, and again, all of that's based in Scripture, and that's, I think, why it's such a great answer, because it's, it's true. It's God's Word, uh, but it's also comforting and edifying. But, but also, I think in the, the answers I've received that have, have been most beneficial to me they weren't complete answers. Um, you know, they, they still left some room for, for I don't know, and, and I'm not positive about this, but I do know this. Uh, and, and, and they were more dialogue-based and conversational. And uh, to me, that was really, those have been helpful, uh, that it wasn't just a simple answer, but it was uh, wrestling, wrestling with the question with me, but also pointing me to Scripture. Well, I think that that uh, is is part of it that we're afraid sometimes to answer these questions because we maybe don't know the answer. Um, is that is that maybe part of of why we we sometimes brush them off? I think so. And and a key thing that I've found is very helpful. Uh, again, a kind of a theological distinction, but but God hidden and God revealed, uh, and and to to recognize in what way has God revealed this answer to us. Uh, so with the question of, of pain and suffering, God has revealed uh, that he has come into this world for the problem of pain and suffering. He's come into this world uh, and conquered those things through the cross and the empty tomb. That much we know. Uh, but the stuff that God has not revealed, the, the mystery behind it is still, you know, why did God allow this miscarriage to happen? Or, or why would God um, let me get cancer now? And things like that. And those are, are hidden this uh, parts of God that we we don't have that full revelation as to why this, why now at this exact moment. Uh, and it's very important that we, we stick to what God has revealed uh, and answer those things, but, but not fall into that trap of trying to speak where God hasn't spoken. Uh, but no, I think you are right that, that there are times where we just don't have the answer. And, and the best thing to do there is to say, I, I don't know, or can we work on this together? Can we think about this together? Let's, let's talk. Mm-hmm. Being a parent certainly gives you good practice mm. at that because your child, <laughs> my child, uh, likes to ask lots of questions, why and how, and all mm-hmm. those good questions that I pestered my parents with. What's at <laughs> stake, Pastor, when we just give trivial answers in response to tough questions? 
I think there's a lot at stake. And, and, and the things that are at stake, I think, are, are first of all, eternal truth, that, that if someone has, has sought you out to ask you a difficult theological question, um, you could be misrepresenting God, or you could be representing you know, God's word and truth accurately and well. So there's, there's a ton at stake there. The other thing that I think is at stake is, is sometimes people don't ask these questions, but once or twice in their lives. And, um, you know, there's times where I've heard from people, you know, here's, here's a, a thing I wrestled with, you know, when I was 12 years old and, and now I'm 50 and, and, uh, that, that response still stuck with me. And, and so there is a point at which, um, people carry that response with them for a long time. Um, and I, you know, that can make it really unnerving and scary to, to try to talk to anybody about these things. And I think that's why God's people ought to be in God's word, um, so that we, we do know the truth, that we do know God's Word, so when we are asked, we can, we can actually point people to that truth, because we've, we've been there ourselves. So how, how can we respond to these questions, uh, or approach the person who's asked them? Uh, how do we handle these situations uh, in, a, in a helpful and beneficial way, even if we don't know the answer? So there's not a single way to do it, certainly not a formula, but some things that I've learned uh, is this. I've, I've learned it's okay to say, can I think about that? Or, or can I come back to you at that? Uh, that's all right. Uh, it is certainly okay to say, I don't know, uh, or I'd love to chat more with you about that, but let's, let's rust with this together. Uh, and I think that's better than giving a, a trite uh, answer or a quick response um, that you know, may not be true or something like that. Uh, the other thing that I think is really important, especially in this kind of digital age, that just because somebody reaches out to you in one medium or one, one platform, you don't have to respond in that same platform. So I will often get uh, text messages from parishioners asking questions, uh, and I think text message is not the best venue for giving a robust theological answer. Um, and, and so I'll often say, hey, this would be great for us to, to have a phone call or to have coffee together or talk about this in a, in a way we can have an active dialogue in real time, uh, not mediated through text messaging. Uh, same thing with, you know, the comment feature on um, social media and things like that, that um, just because someone poses a question there, uh, you don't have to respond there and in that way. Uh, you can reach out to that person in another way. And I think that's a really valuable uh, way to begin to give better theological answers uh, to tough questions. Let me pose a life-changing question on social media. In the comments. <laughs> and then see what happens. Never read the comments. No. <laughs> well, it's so dangerous because everybody's watching. Uh, so the fallout of a, of a less than helpful answer is, is magnified. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then obviously you've got this issue of of trying to decipher emojis and things like that, and it's just never helpful. Mm-hmm. It's true. <laughs> Even gifts don't help. And we're all really good at, yeah. at judging as well. <laughs> we're always very good at judging, yep. especially when we don't know the circumstances. Yep. Oh man, I had one more really good question. Oh, oh. another another thing as you're as you're saying that another thing that's very helpful. Uh, one of my uh, seminary professors would would offer this advice. But when someone asks you a question, to ask them, why do you want to know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that gives you a, a huge insight into sort of the impetus for their question. So if, this, if someone says, you know, why does God allow suffering to happen? 
um, to politely and genuinely say, yeah, that's interesting. Do you mind you know, me asking why, why would you like to know that or why are you asking? Because then that tells you, you know, oh, this person just received a really life-changing medical diagnosis or this person's mourning the loss of a loved one or, or this person's reading this philosopher and asking these questions. But it really helps you better understand where they're coming from and how to respond. Mm. Context matters. Yes, and, and polite, <laughs> politely and respectfully asking that is certainly key. Asking, yes. asking, why do you want to yeah. know in a suspicious sort of way? In a suspicious sort. <laughs> yeah. Why do you want to know? Do you know something I don't know? <laughs> but rather, yeah, asking in a respectful way. This is very helpful, and uh, I, I really appreciate the insights, especially as a parent. Um, mm-hmm. That that reminds me of my vocation as a father uh, when my son asks questions. Sometimes that I find. I don't know. Daunting. Uh, daunting, yes. Uh, <laughs> not to just brush them off. So I really appreciate your, your article and your time with us today as well. Pastor Trevor Sutton, St. Luke Lutheran Church, Lansing, Michigan. Thanks so much for being our guest today. And uh, check out his books, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of good stuff. He's, he's got lots of great stuff at CPH as well, including uh, the um, uh, Clearly Christian, Following Jesus in the Age of Confusion. That's a good one. I went through that uh, in a study group in my congregation. And uh, certainly lots of other great books. Check them out at CPH. Pastor Sutton, thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour. Thanks for having me. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth.